Hey, what's going on, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the Awaken Life Podcast. You know me, my name is Victor, and I'm here today with my beautiful wife, Patty. Hello. And today we're going to talk about the top five empath struggles, things that almost any empathic person deals with. But most importantly, we're not going to just dwell upon these challenges. We're going to talk about things that we've learned through our own experience and through working with hundreds, maybe thousands of others that can not only help you, quote unquote, deal with them, but use them to your advantage. The empath plight, if you will, is initially seen as a challenge, a burden, a thing to be uh, managed. But when you look deeper, like all things in life, there's a purpose to these issues, struggles, symptoms that you can use uh, for a myriad of different, really profound, life-changing benefits. Now, before I get into that, I do want to announce because we happen to be shooting this the day before, two days before Patty's um, upcoming cacao ceremony. But this Sunday, so it's Friday as we say this. So on what's the date? Two days from now, I think August fifteenth. Yeah. August fifteenth at nine a.m. or uh, yeah, it's nine a.m. Pacific, Pacific, eleven a.m. Central, or twelve p.m. Eastern. Yeah, Patty is putting on a cacao ceremony. So what is that? In a few short words, babe. Uh, which what which one? What cacao is it? What or is ceremony? It? Cacao ceremony. What are you going to be doing? What's the purpose? The purpose of the cacao ceremony is really just to open your heart to self love, um, love of others, acceptance of the self, and um, all of the beautiful blessings and shadows that we have. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to put it. And that those might just sound like words, but this is an actual experience. It's an experience of feeling in a very real physical way, self-love and really coming into a deeper acceptance of your shadow, of just your total self. It's a very profound ceremonial experience that we normally would reserve only to our retreats, but Mm -hmm. we've been feeling more guided to get out there online Cacao literally told me, like, you need to do more with me. <laughs> ah, there you go. But um, but anyway, if you guys are interested in joining that, it'll involve, again, it's, it's, a, it's like a sacred ceremony that you can do virtually, and it's this Sunday. If you're interested, just simply go to my website, awakeninghelp.com slash cacao, which is C-A-C-A-O. Yep. Um, so with that said, we'll get into the the podcast here so what are the top five challenges we'll start with number one emotional reactivity how many of you folks out there feel your emotions your everyday up and down types of emotions on a very physical level i don't i don't know anyone that does that (laughs) (laughs) so most everyone this is something patty's (laughs) been working through and, and and talking about and she had this funny analogy that I think is pretty spot on, as extreme as it sounds. But what did you say it was like? You, what, if, describe if, what it's like for you. <clears throat> okay, so for me, it's like, and I, I've, some of you may know this, 
but it's like getting shocked by an electric fence. Like it's like a physical like in the body for yeah. me. The emotions seem to have like more of a potency in the physical body of empathic people. And there's pros and cons to this. And we'll talk about the pros in a moment. But the challenges are it's tough not to be reactive because it's such it's almost like a charge of energy, a burst mm -hmm. of energy from within that needs to be expressed somehow. Otherwise, if you feel like you're bottling you're you're bottling everything up. And this is something I went through more intensely years ago when I started my spiritual awakening. I always felt extremely high strung and irritable and just very quick to feel uh, bliss and, and spiritual oneness and whatnot, but also I could very easily and more often swing to the other side of the spectrum and feel just, uh, you know, anxiety, doubt, fear, <laughs> irritation, resistance. And again, everyone feels this. This is not something exclusive to empathic people, but <laughs> it's just something that I would feel on a very physical level. And it sometimes made ordinary life challenging in a sense mm -hmm. yeah for sure this is something you've been dealing with it's, it seems me and patty have noticed is like i went through a lot of this kind of crazy shit um a few years a little year a few years back and now that now that it's kind of patty's turn so she's been kind of going through this as of lately just uh, more of an acceleration in your own spiritual growth i would say yeah. resulting in more of an emotional potency so what have what have you been doing because i noticed you have been a lot better with that this week especially well um, for one, I think one, of, I've, I've always been this way. Like I've always been very quick to react to, um, my physical emotions, <laughs> physical emotions. Um, but it's been recent that I've actually been aware that that's what it is. I just didn't really have that like mind body connection really. So the first thing I had to do was get that mind body connection and then start associating the, um, like the feeling that happens to me in my body when I'm triggered or when I'm feeling, um, or even when I'm feeling happy, just being aware of where those feelings come from in the body. Yeah. And also <clears throat> just, um, trying to to breathe through that and become more, more conscious and, um, patient with myself and like, yeah, creating that mind body connection was the, honestly, the, the game changer. Really? Mm -hmm. And, and therein, therein you see the, uh, the benefits mm -hmm. because that emotional reactivity can get you into trouble. It can, it can, call, <laughs> it can create a lot of interpersonal conflict. It can create a lot of a lot of issues. Person of like obviously conflicts with other people, especially if you're anything like me. I'm like, no, like I'm triggered, and you I'm get gonna that Leo fire <laughs> that doesn't want to be messed with. <laughs> but you can say things you regret, and you can do things you regret. I'm not saying you have or anything. Of course, we all have. But the point is that emotional reactivity, that anxiety, a lot of the things people reach out to me as they want help with like Victor I feel so anxious mm -hmm. it's very difficult for me to follow my purpose and to create the life I know I deserve to live it's very difficult for me to break out of this relationship because there's such an anxiety yeah but that anxiety 
is a clue. It's letting you know there's something there. There's mm-hmm. something there to be dealt with and, and worked through. And, and also, it's something, if nothing else, to be adapted to, which is what Patty's saying. Okay, I have this quote-unquote problem, and it's forced me to become more mindful, more present, more emotionally intelligent, more patient with others, more patient with myself. So like all things in life, it's all about how do you want to use it? Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's important to, um, at this point, drop the label empath. Yeah. A lot of people who are empathic, are empathic they, they, they resonate with what we're saying and they're experiencing it, but then they hold on to this definition, well, I'm an empath, therefore, by yeah. definition... I am this way when it's like, no, it's, well, you, you I, don't have to be there. Yes. You can, you can evolve and adapt yourself and to where you can move, you know, change basically yeah, There's flexibility with all for this. For sure. And it's, it's also reframing that like we tend to look at being empathic as a negative thing because it does affect our lives in a negative way a lot of times. But it's really, you really have to just reframe it and be like, wow, I'm, this is actually a good thing. You For know? sure. Yeah. Because so. I know I feel it like, because I'm an empath. So I feel it when people are like, well, I'm empathic. And it's like, yeah, let's, let's feel like I'm empathic. Like, let's get excited about that, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like reframe, like, it's not a hindrance. It's not a um, disability. It's a blessing. Yep, for sure, for sure. Good love. Thank you. <laughs> Boom, mic drop. Okay, I'm done, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Number two of five. You're not done yet, sister. Um, <laughs> boundaries. A lot of empathic people have trouble setting boundaries. Um, and I think what me and Patty were talking about today is what we speculate and have experienced ourselves is that an intuitive person can't help but be able to accurately anticipate the reaction of the person you're setting a boundary with. Meaning, mm-hmm. setting boundaries, you know it's going to be emotionally and maybe energetically a bit messy. You can say, okay, this person's not going to like it. When I set a boundary, they're mm-hmm. going to have a reaction that I don't prefer. Now, what we've learned through our own experience of avoiding these these conflicts, maybe, or challenges, is that it will bite you in the butt in the end, and it's better to rip it off like a Band-Aid, because if you don't set that boundary, you're going to be forced to later on, and it's going to be even more uncomfortable. Yeah, and then you're left stewing, and that's no fun. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's funny because I just, I literally just had um, a conversation with a dear sister of mine and um, there was a situation and I knew something was up, but it, I had, didn't know really what it was about and it ended up, I had um, upset her and rightfully so. With she, all that reactivity, you know, it's no wonder. Right? Yeah, it's just a practice, right? And... Um, I was like, no, uh, we need to have this conversation because we need to like figure out what's going on because I don't want there to be any resentment or anything oozing into the friendship. And it was like, man, I knew I was not going to enjoy that conversation, but I'm glad that we had it because we were able to like resolve and move forward. And it, it was an uncomfortable thing, but I was like, just give it to me straight. I got my big girl panties on. Just give it to me straight. I just want to hear it so I can be like, okay, how can I be better? You know? 
And it, it was like, I knew that there was an emotional charge that was going to be happening. I knew all uh, the reaction of uh, myself and my sister, you know, it was going to be, I mean, it wasn't like a blow up or anything, but it was going to be uncomfortable, Yep. you know, but the boundary of, listen, if I do something or say something that you, hurts your feelings, you need to tell me because even though I might not like it in the moment, it's better in the long run because then I'm not festering or stewing and she's not festering or stewing either. So even though the boundary of, um, like say someone is being just too negative all the time, you don't maybe have to say like, Hey, I don't like how negative you are. You know, like we can find a gentle way to, to create the boundary that alleviates some of the triggering, yep. you know? And, um, but, but nonetheless, the boundary needs to be set because that the stewing is actually what's way worse. And then when you finally do set the boundary, the reactivity is going to come in because you've been triggered for so long. Yeah. And that, I, there's a couple of key things you said I want to highlight and go deeper with. Number one is you were aware that there might be an emotionally charged situation that you chose to go in anyway. Mm-hmm. Me and my friend Aaron Dowdy talk about this. Something we both weren't very good at but have improved upon is what he, the way he puts it is going into the tension mm-hmm. and becoming, realizing that you can go into tension and still be present, still be okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a skill. It's, a, it's like a kind of a combination of thickening up your skin and be kind of becoming familiar with that tension. It reminds me a lot of like going seemingly off tangent, but it's not. It's like mixed martial arts. I used mm-hmm. to do that a little bit in box and kickbox and, and do jujitsu. And it's a very uncomfortable, sort of scary situation to spar and knowing there's somebody who wants to punch you in the face. But the more you do it, the more you realize, okay, you get punched in the face. It's not that big of a deal. It doesn't hurt as you think. Um, and you learn how to be calm within that storm. And mm-hmm. it's a skill. It's a boxing is a skill. Mm-hmm. Setting boundaries, going into tension is a skill. Now, with that said, I've really learned um, a lot about how to do that, how to set a boundary. Mm-hmm. And I think the key that Patty mentioned is like not to like let it fester because then it's very difficult to go in to the situation with presence and with compassion and with understanding. Um, so the sooner the better. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned is to do exactly that is to, for one, wait till I'm in a more emotionally neutral space. Yes. And then I also try to get into my heart. I literally will focus on my heart and try to really feel, okay, if someone's pissing me off or something, or someone's doing something that makes me think I need to set a boundary with them, um, there's got to be a reason. What's their motive? They're not just... People aren't just assholes. There's reasons behind everything. So like, why are they doing it? There's a, probably a deeper reason. And if I can get to the motive of why is this person doing this, then I can meet them with some understanding and some compassion. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that it's, it's, it's a balance, but it's possible to be um, clear, to be firm, to not be like meek. At the same time, not be irritable hard. not be mm-hmm. harsh you can do it in a way that like almost like commands understanding and respect from them so anyway it's something you can only learn through experience i've read a lot of books and i've had a lot mm-hmm. of practice and i'm still mediocre at best at it but it's something that i've learned to be essential if you don't want to be 
um, you know, entangled in a bunch of energy that it's not resonating. Yeah. And setting a boundary is really just being assertive to your own needs and being assertive is not the same as like being bitchy. That was my biggest thing was I was trying, I, I didn't know how to be assertive without being bitchy a lot of or seeming don't. bitchy, but you can, you can clearly articulate what you want to get across in a firm way that's still gentle. Yeah. And then, and, and that will, like Vic said, that's only going to come from practice and, um, you know, it's, it's this all, this whole earth game is just one big practice. <laughs> We're just yeah. trying to do our best. Yeah. So that then we come back to the being gentle with yourself when it doesn't, if or when it doesn't, you know, pan out the way that you hope it does. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. As long as you show up and you do your best, that's all you can do. And mm -hmm. then the, the reaction of the other person obviously is completely up in the air. Mm -hmm. And it, it is what it is. Yeah. But anyway... And I, I do like actually your analogy about comparing it to mixed martial arts because it does, for me, feel very much like getting punched in the gut or kicked. Like it does, it's very, that physical. Like it's like, oh. Yeah, ugh. that emotional potency that you're <clears throat> talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I actually like that analogy. I'm my glad life. you like it. Thank you for your approval, love. You're welcome. <laughs> you need it. <laughs> uh, moving on. Focus and consistency consistent productivity and focus are normally not traits of empathic people. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's tough. It's a tough one. And I'll tell you what I've learned is that I know the way I function and even I, I'm less like this than Patty and many other people I know, but I, I tend to be kind of um, like water, very fluid, very flowy, like to just live in the moment and do what feels right and what resonates. And this can be great because it really allows you to be more in harmony with the universe, more receptive to your own divine guidance. But I've also found that like anything in life, there needs to be some type of balance mm -hmm. that being like that to such a degree made it to where I was not productive and focused and consistent in my life. And therefore I had a lot of, um, I had a lot of, uh, I was just not really in control of my destiny. There were a lot of problems, uh, you know, financial problems, life situational problems, relationship problems that sort of piled up in my lap because I wasn't able to deal with them in sort of a human, consistent, nuts and bolts sort of way. So anyway, like the other thing, this is something that I found that I've had to kind of work on. This is something you're working on. You're being kind of forced to work on right now as well, babe. Maybe you can chime in because for a long time, Real quick, Patty was primarily focusing a lot of her attention on being a mother. And she still is a mother, but our kids are getting older and my time is freed up greatly. And now she's starting to kind of pursue her own path and passion and, and do her own business in a sense. <laughs> and you're learning that you can't be too like, like <clears throat> you can't be too much like a leaf in the wind all the time. Yeah, I'm like super fluey, fluey. <laughs> Perfect case in point. She's fluey. <laughs> but like, it, like I'm very much in the flow. And so it's very easy for me to get swept away with like emails. Like yesterday I had, I was on the phone and I was, then I was answering emails and WhatsApping people and answering emails and on the phone. And it was like this whole long day of doing something 
that didn't need to take that long, but it just kind of did because I'm like, I get swept away and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So that's what I think (laughs) it is. Being fluid allows you to be tapped into the divine guidance, but a lot of being fluid, a lot of times what's driving us isn't necessarily our divine guidance. Oh, you should check this email. Oh, you should deal with this. Oh, it's like, no, that's more of like our own conditioning, our own seeking dopamine or all, all these different wirings and, you know, our physiology and whatnot. And just our, our lack of focus and ability to be distracted a lot of times is what's driving that sort of, um, lackadaisical going with the flow type of type of, uh, yeah. And I mentality. also, right. And I also find that it's hard for me to, if there's a door like with, with, with work specifically, if it doesn't get finished, it's hard for me to relax. So I have to like learn how to allow for the things that I feel are unfinished to stay unfinished to protect my own energy and to be able to be present for myself and everyone in the house, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm the exact same way. And what I've learned is that there's always more. There's always more. There's always, there's almost always unfinished business in, in life. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm the exact same way, but I've, I've learned that I will tend to exhaust myself or yeah just create imbalance right put Mm -hmm. too much focus into one area of my life because of that desire to fulfill that yearning to have this thing quote-unquote resolved when once that's resolved guess what there's something else unresolved Mm -hmm. um so i've learned a little bit and i've gotten mildly better (laughs) doing the best i can that day and then like turning it off and turning it off it takes it takes it's hard because there's a momentum that takes over a little bit well, and also too, for me, it's very physical. Like if I feel like there's unfinished business, I'm like, I got to get this done. I got to get this done because it feels like something is wrong. Yeah. You know, and it's okay if there's not, everything isn't done. Yeah. You know, and like the other day I really needed to like ground in to my body and be present with myself and really just kind of be still and silent for the day. And, um, I spent a lot of the day literally just sitting. I was just sitting and I was looking around the the room and there's Legos on the floor and blankets everywhere. Somehow our kids are walking around in their underwear. You know, it's like all this mess. And normally I wouldn't be able to like relax with that. And I just said like, no, you need to sit here and be present with your emotions that you're feeling right now. Because that was something that I needed to, I needed to deal with the chaos of the mess. I needed to deal with that. And I think that doing, in doing that one day, that was, I think for me, very, um, replenishing. Well, it was extremely important for me to be able to do that, you know, to say like, Hey, you can do that. It's okay. If things get unfinished, it's okay. If there's a mess, it's okay to slow down because I'm always doing that's like also for me, the, when I'm feeling stressed or when I'm feeling triggered, when I'm feeling all those emotions in my body, I have to do something because it's so physical in my body that the intense emotions. So I end up cleaning or I'll do some something. Yeah. But 
those are the times when you feel those emotions. It's really important to just be with them and allow yourself to feel them physically in your body and breathe through them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And also being wired this way, it's not bad. And, and there's a, there's an opposite, uh, there's an opposite side of the spectrum that can be equally, equally problematic. And I know, I'm sure we all know people <laughs> like that. People who are completely mind masculine driven in their life and they yeah. try to control everything and they do to an extent, everything's just so, you know, there's a place for everything. Um, but but that can sever you off from your intuition. That yeah. overanalyzation, that over mind dominance can make you can make it where you force yourself into these situations and directions and your life is created basically from the limitations of the mind, mm-hmm. not so much in partnership with the intuition. So but but you need a little bit of that. Yeah, you do need a little bit of that. And you know, um when you're in that space of being very like masculine mind focused, doing and doing and doing, you know, that's a really beautiful space to be in. And it's, it's also, um, you know, man, I forgot what I was going to say. It's like not the whole picture, but we've already. Right. Yes. No, it's, it's not the only way to be. Yeah. It's a balance. Yeah. (laughs) And what my, our coach, we have a coach named Doug. He always says there's no such thing as balance. He said there, there's only balancing. So this is something that we are constantly working on in kind of a moment-to-moment basis as best we can. Um, but moving on, I think we're ready to move on. I wrote down here entanglement. How many of you feel upset when someone else is upset? Ding, ding. Ding. Everyone's hand raised. Yeah. No. Yeah, this is yes. The poll says yes. (laughs) It's something I've been noticing in my own life because I've been watching Patty go through certain things that I went through kind of as a younger entrepreneur. There were just, I'm not going to get into specifics, but situations, there's different types of challenges that were unforeseen by me and something new for Patty. And anyway, this is something she's dealing with. These are her lessons. These are her things she's going through. Let me learn my lessons, honey. Right. (laughs) But I find myself equally, if not more, riled up by them. I feel like you're more riled up (laughs) because you see a solution and you, I'm not accepting your solution. I'm not, you know, and so for you, I feel like it's, you're more upset about it than me because you're like, well, I know I have an answer for you to help you. And I'm like, no, I'm good. (laughs) <laughs> right. But this, right. But I, I feel like we, most people do this to an extent. Yes. Like who has a friend oh, here I feel like everybody that they does know that is going point. down a path that you can see is not good for them. And you know, logically, well, it's their choice. They're a free spirit. They came here to learn certain lessons. Who am I to say what they should do? And yet I still feel a resistance <laughs> in my body to what they are doing. So, um, it's, it's important to not to, to do your best to mitigate that though, mm-hmm. because it doesn't serve them. It, and it certainly doesn't serve you. Well, no, you're, you're, what you're doing is you're trying to alleviate your own inner discomfort and, pre- and in doing so you're preventing them from learning their lesson. It's like a drug addict or something, you know, when you're trying to prevent them from hitting rock bottom, some, some, people need to hit rock bottom in order to get clean. 
Yeah. You know, and it's the same kind of thing. Like when you are feeling like, I, I, I know what will help you. I know what will help you. Even if it's just with business, it's like, I'm very stubborn and I will own that and honor that. And I sometimes have to fall on my face in order to, to get the lesson. And, um, I'm just going to keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and the key is to basically do your best to manage that just mm-hmm. because you can easily tap into other people's, uh, energy we'll say, doesn't mean it serves you or them to do so. Yeah. At times it does once in a great while, I would say not very often does it, but sometimes it, it has its benefits and it's appropriate. But a lot of times it's something that we just learn to do. And we'll get into what we believe to be the real source of that, which was surprising to me. Um, but uh, what we learned is that having like a daily practice is very imperative to really become more familiar with your own energy and where you can just have more of a separation. Like meditation, in a sense, what it does is it creates a gap between you, the true you, your, your conscious presence, the light of consciousness, and the ego, the mind chatter, the, 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 the you know. Um, so anyway, when you have a daily practice, you can, it creates that same exact separation between other people's stuff where you can be aware of it, but more where there's a safe buffer zone between you and it. And it's more easy to look at it as an observer mm-hmm. than to get enmeshed in it. Yeah. But it ain't easy, you know. And anyway, we'll move on. To Again, the, that's that's where the practice comes back yeah, in. You empaths know, like, need a practice. They yeah, really do. You, you really do. And and even if it's just a like, I, I'm not one that always goes to like meditation. Meditation for me pops me so far out of my body that I can't come down. And it's it's not for me. It's not the best way to ground myself. But for others, it's amazing. And if that's what your thing is, totally do that. But for me, go, I walk every morning. That's like one of the things that I do is I walk or I go on like the bike if it's like raining or not, not nice. And, um, I get, I move my body that way. And that's, that's for one, it's, um, it also helps for the energetic release of like your dream space and like the things from the day before that maybe you didn't let go of. Yeah. But, um, but I find that when I'm walking and when I do my walks, I'm a lot more able to be present and um, I have a lot less, um, I don't want to use the word anxiety because I don't have anxiety, but like that feeling of like stress, Yeah. you know, like that stress, there's always something, there's stress in my body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And you also sing and drum and really whatever makes you present and helps release pent up energy and relaxes your system will suffice for what we're talking about. Yeah, for sure. A lot of people don't like to meditate and I get it. It's hard for me too. I I, I benefit from it so I do it, but a lot of people really just don't like it. And that's okay. And there's many, many forms of meditation. There's walking meditation, painting, all these other different things. But yeah, yeah, I mean, we all, we can move on. Yeah, I'd like to move on. <laughs> I can see he's getting, getting a, he's getting antsy. I can see. <laughs> Try not to be so entangled. I'm so empathic. I can feel your your. You need boundaries. <laughs> Come on. And also to focus. Now, anyway. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so let's see. The root of a lot of this, the root of being highly empathic, is what I have found, at least within myself, 
is my own trauma. Mm-hmm. Things I've gone through in my life have forced me to disassociate from reality in a sense. And to, it, the way Patty puts it is pop out of my body. Mm-hmm. Where did that start? Why did I, why did we ever start to do that in the first place? Well, because there was something going on that made us need to protect ourselves in a sense. It's, it's a defense mechanism as a physiological, it's not an airy fairy spiritual thing. It's a physiological response mm-hmm. that animals do can do. And it's a disassociation. And it accomplishes a few things. It makes you, again, it buffers the pain you're experiencing. It makes you more separate from it. But it also allows you to kind of be almost like out of your body and and receptive to other people's stuff to quite a degree. And I think that's why we can feel other people's emotions. We can be so sort of so so psychic. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, what I've learned is that it's important to ground back into my body. Mm-hmm. and to face those traumas, which we all do in our own timing. And it's not easy and it's not to be rushed. But mm-hmm. as I've done that, I found that a lot of my empath struggles, if you will, that used to drive me bananas, have they have gone away. And I've, if anything, I've become more intuitive, more sensitive, but more in control of it, more focused, more on command, rather than like a leaf in the wind blowing around people's energy all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I used to I used to look at being an empath as being special, being extra psychic, and it was a very nice little ego inflation. I was a spiritual elite, in a, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't say these things to myself, but that my ego was quite fond of the idea of being an empath, <laughs> and it was very humbling to realize and come to the awareness that wow, you ain't these special, special honey. gifts, Victor. <laughs> they're because you have not been dealing with your own shit. Well, and also everybody has the ability to be empathic. Everybody yeah, exactly. does. Exactly. We we've been. This is just like a little side note, but we've been watching this movie. What's that movie? Uh, Escape to Witch Mountain or something? Yeah, I doubt they've seen it. It's a kids movie. It's a kids movie, but we have kids, so we watch kids movies sometimes. But there's essentially these two alien beings have like superpowers, right? And one of them is like empathic, and she can move stuff. And she was like. She was, he was like the this, rock, Dwayne the, Johnson the rock. Yeah. Character. So he was like, um, that's weird. Like, why don't you do, why do you do that? It's scary or something like that. And she was like, well, everyone has the ability, even on your planet to do this. You just haven't tapped into your full brain capacity yet. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, boom, the movie's over for me. Like that was like spot on. Everybody is empathic, mm-hmm. just not everybody was born in this on this planet at this time to to be able to use those gifts yeah 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 um but going going with what we were saying before (laughs) i have nothing to add to that um i'm literally drinking cacao right now and because what happens when you drink cacao is like you your heart is so open that you get out of your head so, so I, it's almost like, which can be a good thing, which but, can be a really good thing, but keeping me focused is yeah. like, tell us more about escape to which mountain. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm out of my head and into my body and into my heart, but I'm very like, Hey squirrel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, one but of it things- was relevant. I wait, relevant, relevant for, they are being, what was it? Fluey again? <laughs> Anyways, let's reel, let's reel it in, little Miss Cacao. Okay. 
I'm sweating. <laughs> Anyways, one of the things that made me very acutely aware of just to the extent and how often and how easily and how undetected it was that I was popping out of my body and disassociating was when I started working with the coach. He's a mm-hmm. psychologist, really. Yeah, same for me too. I really, I knew I popped out of my body and I knew I, I was extremely sensitive to energies and empathic and intuitive, but I had no idea that the mind-body connection of like my emotions and how I'm feeling and how it's feeling for me physically. Yeah. Like no connection at all. Yeah. And what this guy will do sometimes, he will sort of ask probing questions, purposely trying to lead you into your trauma essentially. Mm -hmm. And he can literally see when you, oh, he'll be like, oh, you did it. Here you are. You feel that, Victor? Mm -hmm. He can see it when we we escape. Mm -hmm. There's these little lapses of escape. Um, because we're we're starting to become present with these unresolved issues and emotions yeah. in our body, and it's like it's something that happens so so often, so instantaneously that it took. It's I'm still working on it, but it took me a long time to really like become aware and, and slow it down. Mm-hmm. And, and the more I've done that, the more I can. Not it's not a bad thing to do. It's not bad, but it's certainly doesn't have to be done as often as most of us do it. But the more I've been able to slow that process down and see it happening and stay present with what I'm feeling, the less that happens, the more grounded I feel, the less emotionally reactive, the less entangled. I feel all these empath issues kind of fade away when you just stay more rooted in yourself. But it's not easy because there are reasons why we're not rooted mm-hmm. in ourselves, and that's the traumas. Mm-hmm. But that, that of course, is a process and a journey in and of itself to mm-hmm. slowly, uh, you know, heal that that onion of issues that we all possess to some degree. Yeah, and just as like I, this is just a little side note. I I feel like it's an imp- important to share. A lot of us feel like we're going into our shadows and and we're diving in and we're doing all this trauma healing and, and, and it's gotta be intense. We feel like, Oh, it's gotta be intense. It's gotta be hard. I must be sobbing. I must be doing all these things. And sometimes, yes, it's very much all of that. But I found for me that not forcing the purging process of healing the trauma with the tears and the whatever, not forcing that has actually given me the gift of really being able to be present with those things. So when they do get triggered, then I'm not reacting as much. So there's something really beautiful about sitting with your shadow, sitting with those triggers, sitting with those emotions and just being with them and just feeling them, not trying to make them go away, not trying to do anything to alleviate them, just allowing them to be and observing them as if they're the same emotion as bliss. Yep. You know, yeah. detached. Yeah. That's a, there's a book I recommend all my coaching clients read. It's uh, called Letting Go by Dr. David Hawking. And letting go, the letting go process is essentially what you just said, being just allowing allowing the emotions. Mm-hmm. And ironically, when you can allow yourself to feel crummy, the emotions tend to work their way out of your system anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a win-win. Yeah, I, I, I serve um, Hape at, at our retreats and um, 
someone came up and, and she was getting ready to receive the medicine. And she, I, I asked her like, do you want more medicine than yesterday? Cause we do two at the retreats. And she was like, well, I don't want to, someone was having a big process and she's like, well, I don't want to do that. And I said, you don't have to, when your trauma is, it's like a, like the fruit, when a fruit is ripe, it just falls off the tree. You don't have to pull it. You don't have to yank it. It just falls right off. And it's the same with trauma. It doesn't have to be a big process. No. Nope. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. And when I said that, she was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like that's so, that's true. And it, it, it is true. And I've found that in my own healing journey. Yeah. Yeah. The more I've done this trauma work, the more patient I become with it. And also mostly just because I've realized, like you said, there's a timing, there's a timing aspect. And, and our coach, Doug, he says, the body knows when it's right to heal, when mm -hmm. it's time to heal. And, the, you know, I used to kind of force things as well and create these intense experiences that never were even all that fruitful. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> um, yes. But it's more of like just trying to stay somewhat balanced and live your life at the same time, doing some healing when it, you feel guided to mm -hmm. and, and, you know. So anyway, let's wrap this up, babe. I'm getting tired. The kids will be waking up. It's like nine in the morning. We're, we all sleep, babe. We moved here like a month ago from from uh, Las Vegas, and we've never still we still have not adapted to the time zone. We no, just go to bed later and I wake know. up later. <laughs> I know Austin is two hours different, and so instead of going to bed at nine like we normally would, we're going to bed at eleven. And it's like oh yeah. We need to adjust. Yeah, but anyways, my friends, we're a real quick reminder in case you forgot. If you want to sign up for Patty's Cacao Ceremony, it's beautiful. It's usually at the retreats. I would say at least half the people end up in tears, uh, tears of joy, tears of relief. Sometimes all of them. Sometimes all of them. It's a really surprisingly powerful and yet beautiful experience that you can have virtually this Sunday. And all you have to do is go to awakeninghelp.com/slash. Cacao, C-A-C-A-O. Yeah. Um, I hope to be there. I might have something I have to go do unexpectedly on Sunday. But uh, anyways, Patty will be there, my friend. I'll be there and yep. so will Cacao and all my little plant friends. <laughs> yeah. So you all take care. It's been a, it's been great connecting with you again. Hope yeah. to see you soon or you hope you hear from us soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, much love, my friends. Peace out. <laughs>